Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Are you serious? Hello, this is How to Kill an Hour. My name is Marcus Bronzy. Thank you in advance for killing some time with us. Joining us on today's show is comedian, Instagram sensation, TikTok tantalizer, Facebook fa- facializer. <laughs> <laughs> Writer and TV producer, Munya Chihuahua. Welcome to the show, bro. Yes, you doing, thank you, Marcus. I'm good. You forgot to chuck in sex symbol in that, but I will let you off. Six foot sex symbol. Looks symbol. like Idris Elba. Sounds like yeah, Idris Elba. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, I've got the I've got the looks of Richard Ayoade, but the heart of Idris Elba. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> wow. Put that in the Tinder bio. That's a package and a half, isn't it? That's swipe hey, hey, you, hey, you're telling me. Don't make yeah. me tilt this laptop screen down, all right? Well, we won't get too excited with our conversation today. Otherwise, that laptop may end up on the other side of the room. We've heard the rumours, bruv. We've heard the rumours. Now, welcome to the show, man. Um, First things first off the bat, let's describe your lockdown situation. How are things looking for you in lockdown? Where are you right now? Mm. Okay, so right now I'm in my bedroom. We're very fortunate in these parts of the world to have uh, what they call a balcony, which I've never had in my life before. So all that means is I've been able to whack on the speedos, you know, just really let loose, Marcus. I think that's what it's all about. And tan areas and crevices I didn't even know I had. So for me, I'm a happy man. Sun's out, bum's out, am I right? Wow, sun's out, bum is out. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, lockdown for a lot of people is has been quite frustrating because they're not being able to kind of get into work, do what they usually do. It's been a big, mm. like, big time of transition. But for you, I feel like you've been able to create just as much, if not more, during lockdown. It's been crazy, bro. And uh, first of all, thank you for like noticing. But what I'd say is that uh, what, what's been strange is when we started, when the lockdown was announced, there was this kind of, you know, when it snows and school's cancelled and like, you know, obviously it's not the best situation in the world, but as a kid, you're like, yes, that means I get to stay at home. I get to play video games. I get to, you know, have a day off. For, for some reason, it's almost like everyone turned to creators and, and was like, okay, but you, you guys don't get a day off because now we need you. Like we need those podcasts coming out and we need those sketches and we need those, you know, those, those new releases and those mixtapes. So it was a bit of pressure at the beginning, mate. I'm not going to lie. It was a bit daunting just thinking, okay, now more than ever, we really need to, up the, uh, you know, to up the bar. But lo and behold, having a bit more time to think, you know, not having to jump on the Victoria line every day, Eesh. did free a free up a bit of mental space. And I'd like to say that, you know, some pretty good ideas have come out of it. And also just having people around to watch what you make. That's been the best feeling for me, honestly. Just, you know, seeing so many more people commenting, messaging, 
everything, just really sort of getting stuck into it. That's been the most gratifying thing about lockdown for me, 100%. Wicked, wicked. And we're going to talk about the content in a little while. Be rude not to. Uh, but how have you been killing time during lockdown when you've not been creating content? I'd love to tell you that I've been sitting down, going through every story mode on every video game, getting all those Easter eggs, you know, those, those challenges where you've got to like corkscrew through like a donut on GTA. But mate, I've barely played any video games. If I'm, if I'm honest with you, I've just been trying to fire on all cylinders. Uh, you know, IG live quizzes, YouTube shows, Insta sketches, all of the whole lot. So I've not had that much time to relax. So I'd say I've been killing time by actually working overdrive. Cause I don't know if you find this, but when there's no one to say, all right, guys, six o'clock now, everyone go home. You just keep on going, you know, until, until the, until the hours come out, you know? Yeah, man. Keep on cracking on or till the birds stop tweeting, which is never mm-hmm. at this moment mm-hmm. in time. I don't know about you where you live, but in or inside or outside of London, these motherfucking birds are very noisy <laughs> at the moment. You might even hear some li- creeping into this podcast at the moment. I've got a window open. I've got this little uh, kid that somehow, I mean, it's a talent, really. You should consider being a choir boy. He's able to hit such a high, a high, uh, what you call it, soprano. Yeah. But he happens to sort of talk under, directly underneath my windowsill. So look, I don't want to predict anything, but I've got a plant on that windowsill, quite a heavy plant. And one day it just might fall out. If you know what I'm saying, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you if you accidentally on purpose decide to, um, I mean, accidentally. I think, that, I think that makes you an accomplice, actually. Uh, oh, that does make you an accomplice. So just think about that. Think about... Ask Bill whether he wants you to be legally implicated into this crime that may or may not happen. So if you hear this on the podcast, it's because producer Billy's <laughs> had a word with our legal associates and uh, they've told us that I can say, kill the kid, Tamunya. And uh, <laughs> it's there. Do it. How, and, to, um, how to kill an owl. More like how to kill a kid. Am I right? Yeah, that's right, baby. How to kill a kid <laughs> and uh, make a quick getaway within an hour. But um, yeah, man, no, like I think we've all had to learn to live within close proximity of others. I mean, I've got neighbours that are slowly starting to like turn up the music. Yeah. So it's like, it starts off with like, you know, just a little bit of a background. Doom, 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 doom. And then kind of recently it's been kind of turning into windows open, uh, a little mm. bit of like loud singing. And then kind of, they're the neighbours that are going for those party anthems that you'd expect from a Butlins holiday or a cheesy kind mm. of U- European getaway. And those aren't really doing it for me at the moment, man. Maybe your next door neighbour without knowing is actually Tim Westwood. <laughs> in, in which case, you're, you're missing out on some really fantastic whining opportunities, Marcus. Oh, man. If, it, if that was the case, I'd be rubbing up every corner of the room. Do you know what I mean? I'm in, sure in, you in, would. <laughs> I saw you getting ready for today's podcast. Crikey me, it's a sight to behold. It's a great warm-up scenario, trust me. Um, yeah, so... Um, have you been enjoying other content during lockdown as well? Like, cause are you using other things as a muse? Because I believe that, you know, that it's, it's a nice area to go on social media and kind of see where things are going. I mean, TikTok's really blown up for you as well. You know, it's a, it's a good question. And <clears throat> the honest answer is I don't really watch a lot of other content and it doesn't come from, um, you know, it doesn't come from any point of ego or arrogance. It's more to do with, Social media, as we well know, can very easily affect your headspace. And I find that as somebody who you know, is a perfectionist and wants to constantly better myself, on the, in the rare minute that I haven't done something, if I see a piece of content that I feel like 
is of a certain quality or has hit on a niche that I didn't hit, I just, I'll just sit there kicking myself going, why didn't I do that? Why was I being so lazy? Even if I didn't have a second free in the day. So the short answer is when I post a video, I'll go on there, maybe check the comments, make sure there's no sort of undercover EDL supporters in there trying to bring down the race, uh, get them out of the comments. And then I'm just going to close it down and let it marinate a little bit, bring out that lovely jerky flavor. And I might pop back on, but certainly I'm not in the habit of, uh, you know, going through people's pages and I ban myself from the explore page. Cause that's where you'll catch that one thing that catches you off guard and makes you think I've been doing nowhere near enough. Even if you've been going overdrive, I don't know about you. Do you, how do you feel about that? You know what? And I'm not saying this to suck your ass, but one bit of content of yours that I genuinely mm. thought, fuck, wish I did. I don't even do comedy sketches online at the moment, right? It was the Craig David. On my way to see my friends on this time because we're all in lockdown. Had to order a subway. There was nothing in Sainsbury's in front of me. A delivery driver with a beautiful body. She asked me, is this mine? I said it cost her name, 60 the number, and a date with me on Zoom at night. You've got to keep it real, though. You've got to keep it real, people. People, I bet there's a lot of people that saw that and really liked it, and even your peers. It's it's, it's normal human nature to be like, Mm. oh, yeah, yeah, that was cool, man. No, but that was fucking sick. And I I, I can't lie, I saw it, and I was like, fucking wish I did that, mate. So, yeah, keep it real, man. I I appreciate that, man. I I appreciate it a lot, because I guess you just don't know what's going to... You just never know when you're sat on one of these ideas. Yeah, And I think it's been a real blessing having, because now I understand how the game works. Yeah, you, you, Consistency is key. So I'll always try and do two things a week. But then you sometimes you just hit on this one idea that just, it blows up and you know it's blown up because people are just going crazy and they're flocking to it and you're getting all of these messages. And I think the Craig COVID thing, it nearly wasn't an idea because... I thought to myself, I was going more along the lines of, oh, let me do like a, a mock compilation CD with different artists that will play just a maybe four bar from a song that I'll make up, which would have been easier for me because I just have to write four bars. So it was going to be Western. So obviously there's Western, the group, we were going to call it West Hen. That's now been made into a full song and it's just going to be four lines. Craig COVID, again, was just going to be four lines. And anyway, I was writing those four lines and I thought, I reckon I've got a bit more in me to keep writing. So the hook got done and then a bit of the first verse and I thought, okay, maybe I should just release it. Um, and after the first evening of recording it, after the first record, I listened to it and I thought, now nah, this is, I don't, I don't think this is the one. Good to have done, but not the one. Pushed on, made the video, thinking, okay, it's, it's decent now. And then it just went out. And I think because everyone knows Craig David, it just kind of took off in a way that I never anticipated. And it was great. That's the most watched most commented video i've ever made i think on instagram at least nice nice and it's good mm. to know you had a bit of fun with it and uh with regards to putting together content i mean it it did have a music video vibe to it i mean you, you get a bit of help behind the camera as well is someone holding the camera for you yes yeah, so i've got two i've got two of my my closest i don't know what you'd call them what one's my girlfriend one's my best mate scott not being yeah. able to see scott too much because of the lockdown but my girlfriend has been in lockdown with me She's also the, um, to quote the YouTube comments, Thick Ting, uh, who is seen in the Craig COVID video. It's just something so chivalrous about calling a, a beautiful girl a Thick Ting, isn't it? Was it, was um, it a Thick without a K as well? Was it two Cs? <laughs> yeah, two Cs. What is That's it about it, being called it was, it was you, wasn't it? You left the <laughs> comment, Marcus. 
<laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm three C's and then like a water emoji, water emoji. Water. I'm classy like that. Oh, God. That's what I am. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sorry to answer your question. She, yeah. uh, Gabs is the one who films my videos. Yeah. And if she's laughing during filming, that's always a good sign because it means with a bit of polish in the edit, it's going to be even better. Yeah. And with uh, one of the workout videos we did, which I'm sure we'll speak about later, where I was literally just daggering my carpet. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what daggering is, just uh, search Marcus's YouTube channel. Yep, um, yeah, that's it. She was laughing during that. And then, so it, it gave me the confidence. It, it fuels you in the process. It makes you go, right, I'm going to go the extra mile then because I think this is funny. So every part of the process is leading up to, will this be funny in the end? Yeah. And is that your process? Is that like, you're like, you're thinking of the final thing. Like, is this going to be funny at the end? And is that constantly going through your mind as you're writing, creating, you just want to get the punchlines in and make sure that it resonates. The, the whole process is number one, when you're, when I'm writing the script, you've got, I'm thinking about this 60 second window usually where I've got a, I've got a, there's got to be enough laughs in there, but at all the right moments, it's got to finish strong. It's got to start strong enough for you not to sc- keep scrolling. And then it's got to keep you entertained in the middle. So that's the writing process. And then I might show that, I might read that script to Gabs and she might go, yeah, I think you should change this or I think you should do this. We'll then film it, catch a vibe. Are we feeling good about this? There's been plenty of videos that I've just got a quarter of the way through and gone, I'm not feeling it. It will be completely ditched. Like There's a whole bin of those. And then you get to the edit. And then obviously when it's edited, I will always, without fail, send it to Gabs and Scott and their reaction will influence how I feel. But sometimes it's way off. Sometimes I've sent it and they'll be like, yeah, it's all right. And then Instagram will be like, wow, this is the greatest thing ever. And then other times I'll be like, this is fantastic. And Instagram will be like, meh. So there's so much, there are so many points of uncertainty. I think ultimately uh, some, some things hit and then some things hit less, but that's just the nature of the game, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you've got to put it out there, suck it in Siri. I mean, nobody has the formula to, to viral. Do you know what I mean? Like some people... Mm you know, kind of resonate a bit better like yourself, uh, but nobody knows that, right, this is going to, this is going to be the one, this is mm. going to break the internet. I mean, unless, you know, you take off all your clothes and decide to pour <laughs> champagne over your shoulder like Kim Kardashian did, but I think that's done now. So no one else can really do that. Yeah. Anymore. I've been there, done that. Didn't go down too well on LinkedIn, but we, we learned from these things. Oh yes, we must learn. We must move forward. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what I will say though, yeah. what I will say just, just, uh, just because of you, you mentioned the whole viral thing. I think a lot of people, when something goes viral, they think, uh, oh, this must be just the greatest feeling in the world. But sometimes for a creative person, it's actually also one of the most anxious feelings because you feel yourself on this wave, just this building wave of people talking and retweeting and liking and reposting. And I don't know whether it's just myself, but in that moment, when I, as soon as I realize that ha- that's happening, I'm thinking, oh God, what's the next video going to be then? Because it needs to be able to capture this amount of stuff. So there are pros and cons. Obviously, I love the feeling, but it's not all glitz and glam as you might find it. There's a lot of stuff that happens in here, the moment, you know, in your head, the moment that you you, you see something really taking off. 100%, 100%. And are you doing quite a lot of work, you know, internally and in your mental to make sure that you do stay in a positive mindset? Because, you know, you are locked in. You try not to look at that explore page, but hey, Instagram's there. And let's be honest, that's, that's where you put out your content. So you're kind of, you kind of spoke about regulating yourself, but I suppose you also have to be quite aware of what's going on out there. 100%, bro. Rewind maybe three years and I was 
wasn't anywhere near Instagram sketches. I was trying to, you know, be a presenter. That's what I wanted to do. And I, I was complaining because there were so many things about the industry that I just didn't understand. You know, I didn't understand why I was coming up with these games on my radio show or I was having a go at making some really sort of cool, unique content on my YouTube and it just wasn't taking off. And I could see other people absolutely murking it, getting those precious few spots on the bigger radio stations or the TV shows. And um, <clears throat> I was just complaining and I thought to myself, look, I'm doing everything I can work-wise, but I'm not doing anything for my spirit or my, you know, the inner munya. And Gabs, who I'm, so my girlfriend Gabs, she's super spiritual. Like, you know, she's practiced Buddhism and all of this kind of thing. So I was in a room one day and I saw this book and I knew what the book was. Uh, I'd seen it before in my mum's room. It was called The Secret. And I thought, man, let me just read it anyway. I don't even know what it was. It was like one of those movie moments where you just see the, the book lent at a particular angle. Do you know what I mean? It's got that yeah. little triangle in, in the gap between the other books. The light glistened off it. Exactly, man. <laughs> and, and my shiny forehead as well. Anyway, long story short, read that book. And I would summarize it because some people think, oh, you know, is this religious? Is, you know, is it some sort of cult? The, pr- the principle is, in life, you've got two options. You can either look at what's in front of you and go, well, this is all right. Or you can just spend your life in a constant daydream of being like, imagine if I reckon I can one day I will. And I just switched between being the the complaining guy who was like the industry is messed up. Um, You know, some people do get it better than others. I switched all of that off and just went, I'm going to be that guy. Like I'm going to do this and I'm going to have that. And honestly, bro, I still do that every single morning. Every morning I wake up and I do three things I'm grateful for. And then I read a list of affirmations. And if I read them to you, you'd be like, oh, what? Like, calm down, mate. Because you have to big yourself up. You have to gas yourself up to believe that that could be you. And imagine, like, that whilst I was doing that, when I would be saying stuff like, oh, one day I'm going to hit 10,000 followers on Insta. I really believe it. I believe it. I believe it. A year from me saying that, I think I was probably on, uh, in a year, I went from the 2,000 I was on to maybe, what, 75,000. And I never even... You know, I, when I was saying it, although I, I had faith in what I was saying, I never believed that, you know, you can really make that kind of change just by, you know, being positive and actually genuinely believing in what you want and just making you saying it so much, it doesn't even surprise you anymore when it happens. It's inspirational, man. I like that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's real good. And, and, and you are continuing to smash in terms of your goals. I, I feel like you must be continuing to grow because well past the 75,000 mark on Instagram. And um, also the content is continuing to flow. One thing that I did when I was doing some research about you, I found an interview a couple of years mm. back and you were like, I'd like to move on from the one minute videos. And you've mentioned mm. you would thought about the first 60 seconds. You're like, I'd like to move on to longer videos and do content, which has a, which is a bit stronger and a bit longer, uh, pause. And, <laughs> um, you've started to create the verses series, which is great on YouTube. You've also popping it out there as well, where I mean, do you want to explain the premise to it? Cause I, I like it. It's quite, it's quite unique. Mm. Okay. So yeah, there's two sort of long form formats I've been looking into. One is, just ITV in general, which wasn't as big, I think, when I started off, people weren't really messing with it, but now they do. Yeah. So you can release songs like Craig COVID on there. You can do sort of um, something at the time of recording. One of the things I am planning to do is sort of branch out with my news character, who usually does 60 second news bulletins. Yesterday, we yeah. went into a forest. Uh, we went into a forest where there was no one there. And we did a video where, you know, this news reporter was investigating the presence of woodland road roadmen so the streets are being patrolled by police so roadmen have infiltrated forests and he was sort of 
picking up leaves and and twigs and, and making out that they were actually skengs or like marijuana leaves and stuff so i'm really excited to, pro- to you know to showcase that and then of course the youtube series is called murking from home and what that is is you've got the posture rapper unknown p who's notorious for 60 second freestyles or sketches now actually making sort of these seven to nine minute shows where he's collaborating with another well-respected mc uh, during lockdown and they're sort of uh, remotely making a song together and the best example i think has been lady leisha and the heavy trackers we made a song about barbecues the audience waits for the theme and that one really took off so it's been good to see people enjoying the one minutes to you know people can enjoy 60 seconds and seven minutes as well you know yeah man tightly your sex tape i had to do it i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that's man. actually wrong no no that's wrong it's actually people my sex tape is people can enjoy it 30 seconds or seven minutes okay my one is is that it that's my sex tape no your your one doesn't have people can enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh you know what i've i've, I've been missing the face-to-face rinsings that you can give whatsapp's not doing it for me you know like the whatsapp nah. roasting people get I'll be missing those, man. Thanks for bringing that back for us. But yeah, um, you're also into gaming as well. I've again researching. You found out that one of your favourite games was Streets of Rage, uh, and I believe this is the point in the podcast where you're going to hear Munya berate me because we did have grander plans for this podcast, didn't we? Oh, I mean, for everyone listening, I just want to give you a, a scale of the disappointment I've experienced. So th- let me let me lay the scene. I'm on my balcony. I've got the espresso in hand, and and you know, Marcus you know, send his producer to do his dirty work. And he goes, yeah, yeah, Marcus would love to get you on the show. We're actually going to send you a PS4 so that you can play Streets of Rage. You can relive this childhood dream. And I'm thinking to myself, this might just be the best, the best uh, news I've ever received. Lo and behold, about three days later, I get a message saying, yeah, unfortunately, we're unable to source you a PS4. Now, that might not have been a problem if I wasn't looking at Marcus right now and I see behind him, he's got these million dollar speakers, cushion chairs. He's got a swivel chair with a cushion on it. You know, this man is living a lie. This man is living one long bow wow challenge, ladies and gentlemen. So if he slides into your DMs offering you a PS4, just know it's a dirty, filthy lie. You know what? It's, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's a shame, right? Because it's, um, and we're going to turn this into some tech talk here. We're reaching the end of the lives of this certain generation of, of consoles. So I believe you're Team Xbox, aren't you, right? Yeah, I'm Team Xbox. But I have got a PS1 right now. Have you got a PS1? Oh, sick. A PS1? Yeah, I've got, yeah, bro. Did you see the ones that are about this size? Yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. And, and the PS1s. So the, they were like sold in H&M for a limited run. Yeah. It's got about 10 games on there. It's got Tekken 3. GTA 2, the one where you basically a pigeon, and then a couple of others. But yeah, man, it, it's great to bash out a bit of Tekken on like an old school wired controller. I wondered where you got the wired controller because you did do in mm. one of your in one of your recent mm-hmm. videos. You did I think it's the one with manga, was it? Or was it yeah. gaming one? Uh, that, 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 that was with uh, Big Zone Kapani. We did a gaming it? freestyle, yeah, that and was I it, had yeah. the PS One controller. Yeah, yeah, I wonder. I was like, "Fuck, where did he get that from?" Because that is mm. old school. Um, yeah, that sounds really cool, man. Um, yeah, so basically, because of the run of, of the consoles, we couldn't get you. I don't want to hot up a specific console maker for the Streets of Rage Four <laughs> game, but there was an issue if we got you the copy that was easiest for you to get. So our only other solution mm. was to get another console to you. But because of lockdown and because of the end of line of consoles, we couldn't get one to you, man. So I promise you, when lockdown's over, right? We will get we'll get something over to you, bruv. Don't worry. We'll, we got Let me you. tell you this. From now on, I want everyone listening to this 
in all forms of social media to refer to Marcus as Marcus the Boris Blamer Bronzer. <laughs> so that's what you've just done. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. But yeah, you man. know what? Um, on the topic of Streets of Rage, Aye. and I am going to nerd out on this. First of all, I gotta, I gotta say, old school consoles have some absolutely elite games. I am so tempted on a regular basis to get a PS2 just so I can play the Warriors Def Jam Fight for New York. I mean, if you're if you're a kid who grew up watching wrestling and listened to hip hop, this is. This is just the dream, man. Is uh, did you ever play Def Jam Fight for New York? You're gonna be crying like a bitch after I get my hands on you. The boy. finishing moves, which are called blazing moves, were modelled yes. on the artist's songs. So Ludacris obviously has that famous song "Stand Up." His move would literally be to like ba- break bro- both your legs, break your spine, so you couldn't stand up. I, it was just mind blowing. So on a regular basis, I'm I'm looking at eBay and I'm thinking, do I just order a PS2 just so I can play these old school games? You know, you've got some good stuff on Xbox and, uh, uh, you know, PS4. But, yeah, some of the old classics. I mean, Streets of Rage, the, the video you're mentioning where I mention it is where this was one of my first games, and I had it on Sega, which is something my grandparents bought over from England when I lived in Zimbabwe. And I remember just – I would only be able to play for an hour at a time because my parents knew that I was sort of an addict in the making. You know, this Sega was my crack, man. You know, this was my cold, hard crack. So when my parents went out on, for a night on the Zimbabwean town, I was just banging it out. And the experience I had is I played it once for so long. When I finished playing, I could only see in black and white. Dude, Jeez. how is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> how is that possible? You basically, you was halfway into the game. You were halfway into the Matrix. So the real yeah. world was not looking real for you. I bet you were looking at whole turkeys thinking that if you just squatted over them, you'd get 100% power up. Mate, I'm telling you, I, I mean, uh, not as far as sort of teabagging turkeys, but yeah, it was definitely, <laughs> I, I was on the verge of insanity. I thought yeah. I was never going to be able to see in colour again. Imagine that. Imagine peaking so early in your gaming career on a Sega. So, played so many games, he's gone blind. Have you heard about Munya? 
He came so hard, he went blind. That's why they call him Blind Man Munya. Um, but like Streets of Rage, it's definitely a franchise that I don't feel we've had enough versions of over the years. I really hope that this was a game that would come back well before we finally got Streets of Rage 4 because what I loved about Streets of Rage 4 was it had kind of a Street Fighter-ish vibe to it. You were, you were beating up characters, but not only were you beating, going down the streets and beating up characters, you could do it with a mate as well. Like you could join it, you could do it together. You could smash up some baddies and like tag team them together. And I, I really like games like that. I'm, and I'm big on social gaming. And I think at this point in, in time where we aren't able to chill with each other and bust jokes with your friends in the same room, it's important to have games like that. Do you know what I mean? 100% man. And you had the added risk factor as well of if one of you dies during a Streets of Rage mission, on Sega at least, that's it. You ain't coming back. If you leave your teammate the second from hardest level from the end and you die, that's it. They're going to have to fight the final boss slash bosses all by themselves. Yeah. Every Sega game was like that almost. I had Aladdin. I had Lion King. I had uh, this Nickelodeon one called like Ah Real Monsters or something like that. And the frustration of getting seven hours in and you're on level four and you die and you have to start again was so long, bro. Nowadays, you know, you've got Doom on Xbox, uh, Xbox One. It will kick your ass inside out. But if you die, boom, you're straight back in. So being able to play with friends and having that risk where if your bro dies, my guy's left you out there to, to the wolves, you know, that can affect a friendship. Those were the good old days. Do you know what I mean? Trust me. The best, the best. I mean, n- I mean, and also, it wasn't just if you died. Your parents might come in and just be like, right, fuck off. Time to watch the news. What? But it's uh, one, one more level. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Play your game tomorrow. You're there thinking, Jesus Christ, I can only Mate. see in black and white now. If I, if I, if I stop playing now, what's going to happen? <laughs> Let me tell you this story. This is the maddest gaming story I've ever heard. And it's not even my story. I worked with this guy when I was... um at this music channel. And he was saying how he started, he had a PS2, starts banging out this game where there's just loads of story missions and stuff. Plays for what, maybe 10, 11 hours straight and he's, he's sort of halfway through the game. Goes to turn off the PS2 now, he's got it on pause and realizes he doesn't have a memory card, right? So what he does is, he knows his mum's gonna make him turn it off and he knows his mum's gonna try and save electricity. So he leaves it under his bed, switched on, for two weeks before he gets a memory card and then plugs it in and saves and turns it off. <laughs> Biohazard. <laughs> that could have gone horrendously imagine, wrong. Imagine the electricity bill there at the end. Why does it say we've spent 6,059 watts on a PS2? <laughs> Just they're cooking under your bed. Parents are like, why is the house so warm? We've not had the heating on for weeks. Your room's like it's a, a wonderful furnace. summer, isn't it? Yeah. It was like bloody summer. I've got a tan. <laughs> It's like Barbados. Um, <laughs> I want to get into bed, whack on the Xbox, and just go for it. Really bash one out on the controller. So I have to gauge how good a game is based on how much it disturbs Gab. So with Mortal Kombat, she would just say, look, turn it off because it's just too much going on. And I can't hack the sound effects of the fatalities, which makes me know all right, cool. This time they really up the levels because there'll be some games I'm playing and she's fast asleep. Yeah. Mortal Kombat 11 is not that game. So if you need a real adrenaline pumper, that's the one to go for, you know? Yeah. And they've also made the fatalities a little bit more easy now because back in the mm. day, it would be like press up, down, left, left, back, back, oh, forward, BBAAXX, yeah. forward, forward, left, right. And then if you didn't do it in time, you'd be like mm-hmm. the other player would just fall over. 
and you'd feel yeah, rubbish because you didn't finish them off properly. But now you, they've is got there, little like shortcut ones. Is there any one that you can't, you can barely watch the screen for? Do you know what? I think by the time the next Mortal Kombat comes out, I'm going to be struggling to watch some of them. I'm, I'm, I don't know what, what Sub Zero's ones always get me because there's something about being frozen and smashed into pieces that always mm-hmm. makes me think like, is that a weird way to go? Will I still be conscious in some way? Mm. If my brain is frozen and smashed into bits, will I, will I still feel it in a weird way? And also what? the Terminator's ones are quite sick as well. When t- Arnie mm. goes, get over here. Yeah, if you're, if you're a super nerd, if you're a super nerd, there's actually a series on YouTube which tries to recreate the, fat- the fatalities on anatomically correct um, whatever you call them, mannequins, where they've actually tried to create an axe out of ice like Sub-Zero does in the video game and to test whether that would actually work. It doesn't, spoiler, but it's a great series. I personally what say that, that if you're a hot... Uh, just literally type in Sub-Zero Fatality Real Life or something and it will bring up these guys who try to recreate a new fatality each episode. Oh my gosh, that sounds sick. But yeah man it's amazing I'd say for me just before we move from Mortal Kombat worst fatality especially if you're a horror fan has to be Devorah who's like this insect queen she literally spews bugs inside your mouth you fall down start to like shiver and then this giant bug breaks out of your body at that point I thought actually I, I actually think I may need to play this with a parent in the room because this is too much yeah I'm not up for that that is, uh, <laughs> that is that's not the one at all man that is not the one um, so yeah, some more kit that you use. Um, I'm sure people would be interested in terms of when you're creating your content, mm. what kind of technology do you use? Like are you using special cameras? Are you using mobiles here and there? Like, cause we've had a really kind of mixed bag of responses when we've asked people on the show. So yeah, I, my first camera was a Canon, uh, Canon 600D, which I was able to afford by staying at uni over the summer holidays and filming videos for the mechanical engineering department which was perhaps the worst 300 hours of my life, considering that I knew nothing about mechanical engineering. And I've bit off way more than I could chew, but lo and behold, it got me a great camera, so I'm grateful for that. Canon 600D with just the normal box standard lens. Only as of maybe three weeks ago, I upgraded to the Canon ESOR, which is just a bit more flashy. It can do a bit more. And the lens I have is the one I've always had, which is a something uh, i think it might be 24 to 105 so it's like a really good all-purpose lens when you start off with a canon you've got a lens that can do everything but to an average degree this is now the same so it can do everything but to a much better degree then as for microphones i use a rode a rode mic shotgun for when i'm trying to capture surround sound and then i use the rode mic uh radio kit for when i need to get a bit of lapel close action sound if I want to not be too close to the camera, but you can still hear me, that's what I use. And then for music, I've got a Chaotica uh, foam ball, which you place over a microphone just to create that studio feel to it. I've only just got that recently as well. So yeah, it's, it's coming along nicely. The kit collection's coming along quite nice. Nice, man. Nice. And you know, and it's great, good to know that you kind of are quite hands-on. I mean, when you're producing your content, are you recording that all yourself, editing that all mm. yourself as well? Because your edits have yes. really come along really well as well. I mean, the, the, you know, you've got, for example, in, in, your, in your battles that you've got uh, online, they, they're like, you've added quite a lot of special effects. I can see some green screen work in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they look really cool as well. Yeah, so, the, so the, I'm very, very hands-on because so much of the comic aspect of what you're doing comes from the edit Yeah. in terms of the timing and how much you leave before a joke. So yeah, I am very hands-on. With the Merking From Home series where I'm facing off against a new MC each week, that's one thing that I have just 
said, look, I need to get an editor for this because it was just too much to try and do everything. So the guy I found is called Carlos Rico. He's amazing. He is an absolute whiz when it comes to, you You, you know, you send him some stuff with you on a green screen and this guy will just turn it into an absolute masterpiece. If you're into video games, as we have been talking about today, go and have a look at the uh, Unknown P versus Big Zoo and Capo Lee uh, on YouTube. And we've he's basically recreated video games around all of our freestyles and it's absolutely amazing. It's class, man. It's class. And it's good to see that you're kind of expanding the team as well, hoping to grow, mm. man. I mean, how, what, what are your future plans now? Because, you know, you've gone from thinking for 60 seconds to 10 minutes. And now I suppose the next step is kind of looking at longer form content, I guess, TV style stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, I've got my, I can see my vision board, so I can see what's on the, what's on the kind of the, the goal list. But certainly it would be to move into something, a, a much longer format, which is on a bigger platform. Perhaps it's a TV channel, perhaps it's a really big online channel, but also just to keep on top of these one minute ideas, which can just be you know banged out so quickly, depending on what's in the news. So I'd say, look, I would love to do something with Netflix. I would love to do something you know on a television channel. Channel 4 feels like the best fit. Uh, and I'd also just love to just to keep creating a body of work that when I eventually retire, uh, people will just go, oh yeah, let's go and watch that video because it was great. Just like with RS. Whatever you have to say about how RS finished off when he did the sort of BBC3 stuff, which, you know, I actually enjoyed. If you ever go back and watch his original Hood documentaries, they're always so class. And so to create a piece of work that outlives you, even when you finish doing that thing, because he's moved on to his Enterprise series, that's when you know you've made something of real quality because people will go back and watch it and it's still just as good. I think that's a goal. That should be a goal for any uh, comedy content maker. Definitely. I'm, I'm, I think part of the whole RS kind of legacy is the fact that it stopped so abruptly as well, where it felt quite abrupt mm. at the time. Like, you know, we got all that great content and then he kind of, right, well within his rights, decided to just, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm cool with RS for now. I'm going to move on and do other things. So it's kind of the fact that you can't get any more of it. Do you know what I mean? You know, let me have a really, really nice plate of food. Supply and demand. Yeah, definitely. that's it. Supply and demand. Or as food mm. as I like to kind of go for. But yeah, supply and demand sounds a lot more professional. <laughs> yes, supply and demand. He was, he was very smart to, um, you know, uh, if you think about Frank Ocean after Channel Orange, it made this incredible album and it won all of these awards. And people somehow felt entitled to get more from him. But realistically, if Frank wanted to, he could have retired there and then and just gone to live in like Macedonia for just the rest of his time eating olives and he didn't owe the world anything. So I think sometimes it's a case of uh, we always, we'd like more content from people, but also would these same people asking for more content be the ones to be going, ah, oh, this guy's so dead now. Used to be funny, not funny anymore. Ah, oh, this guy's done out here. You know, it's like, which one do you want? You know? Exactly. Well, it's that whole debate really, that Biggie Tupac, if they were still around, would they still be known as the greatest? And to be fair, we just don't know. Like, you know, they in the short time that they're on this earth, they created some great content, whether you're Biggie more, Sway more to Biggie more Tupac, stuff that is resonates now. Um, but you can't ever tell whether they're, you know, if they were still around today, whether they'd still be on top. They'd still be regarded as, as creating great albums, but would they be seen more as like a Nas kind of, would they be Bro, on that level? This is why it's so important to have, as you mentioned earlier, a team, but of friends and honest people. Yep. Because if Biggie and Tupac were still around, I know for a fact there would be people uh, in terms of their their music partners and stuff saying, this is absolutely fire. You've got to drop this. This is absolutely fire. The kids are going to love this. This is going to go down so well on TikTok. Uh, on TikTok. But of course they'd say that because they need to make money. Mm. And that's how they keep you alive. Whereas your friends 
who have less of a financial investment will just say, ah, it's a bit cringe, actually. Don't do it. And so I think that's the key to longevity because now more than ever, you can be a content creator at any age. You've got Graham Gran, who is interviewing some of the biggest UK MCs. Don't know how old she is, but you know she's she even clearly like she's over thirty, isn't it? It's definitely over thirty years old, yeah. Yeah, just, 100%. just, just, yeah, just, just. just yeah. But you know, to, to even brand herself, Graham Grand, and to go, look, yeah, I am, I am a grand. You can come into my house. You can have a cup of tea. Yeah. If she's making content at whatever age she's at, it means realistically, n- there's a bit of pressure, but also there's perhaps expectation that someone even as young as me, you know, at the tender age of eighteen, um, will be making content until I'm eighty, which if that's going to be the case, how do you make sure it's good for the whole time? You've just got to have honest people around you. Cool. And you met, you mentioned retirement as well. And, and is that something that's kind of in your, in your, not on your mood board? Is that in the plan as well? Have you thought about that when you'd like to wind things up or how you'd like to see that out? I mean, there's nothing wrong with being optimistic or some people like to plan all the way to the end. What, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, on that yeah. Right I think you can do it very, I think you can do it very smart. Uh, I think you could go down the Ricky Gervais route where, I'm not sure what he, what he was doing before his, his sort of big appearances, but let's assume that he would have been doing Instagram sketches if he had been here and now. He did his Instagram sketches, moved on to doing The Office on TV, moved on to doing stand-up tours. Then those stand-up tours went on to Netflix. Now he's got like, like a drama comedy on Netflix. You know, this guy is making a lot of money and he's, you know, even when he's not on screen, he's still doing stuff behind the scenes. So there are ways to just transform and there's like a metamorphosis you can have whereby you're not always doing the same formula but you're using the same skills so i think i'd like to see that kind of trajectory netflix maybe a bit of stand-up maybe do some writing for other comedians maybe younger comedians when they start their come up you know that's what i love doing awesome man you've also tried your hand at some stand-up as well haven't you there was a, a tv show one where... or two yeah <laughs> how's that going <laughs> it's scary stand-up is scary i haven't really flung myself into it that that particular story was I really wanted to try it, but I didn't have the confidence to go by myself. I needed a reason. So I tricked this TV station I was working with into being like, guys, you know, we make this weekly show. How crazy would it be if, I don't know, we like followed a guy trying to make him to stand up, you know, that'd be crazy. And one of the producers was like, hmm, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> so we started this journey where I was trying to build up to be a stand up where I started off terrible, which was good because obviously I was terrible. And then, got all these comedians actual comedians in to coach me as part of the tv show so it was all very sort of it was all a big scheme to try and get me a bit of training the final show was excellent because it was a student audience they are absolutely smashed on their j2o's and um i did a five minute routine about my eyebrows which if you can see there is plenty of content to get from those so it did give me a lot of confidence but the maddest thing is i had i think it was maybe it could have been mo the comedian was on a radio show with me it was either mo the comedian or dame baptiste both great comedians and uh i went oh you know i did two gigs i'm not sure if i like it and they went no no you, you need to give it you need to do a few more just do a, just do a few more and you'll know whether you like it and i was like well how many and they're like yeah, once you've done about 300, you'll know whether it's for you or not. And I thought, Jesus Christ, 300 gigs just to know whether it's for you or not. I thought, maybe I'm not cut out for this. But I'll give it a go, mate. I'll give, give it a bash. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, you spoke about transition as well and, and metamorphosis, more importantly. And when I've looked at the content you've created over the years, you've kind of come from broadcasting space and you've done bits of presenting work where you've mentioned quite a lot of newsworthy content and then you had this shift 
into comedy. Can we talk about how that came along and, and why you decided to go in that direction? Yeah, so in a nutshell, I was working for I was working for Four Music, which was Four Music's music channel, uh, previously T4, I think it was. And I had been hired as a producer because they found out that I could write, which is great. However, of course, I wanted to be presenting this daily life show instead of writing the scripts for the presenters. So it got to a point where I was just sort of watching these presenters who were great, but doing my jokes and sort of watching the reaction to those jokes. And I was thinking, this just feels a bit weird, to be honest, because, you know, this is this is my baby, but I'm watching someone else push it around in a pram, if that's right, <laughs> if that's the right analogy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I went home that weekend, did my first Johnny Oliver sketch, just as a bit of fun. And that, that when that went on to I'm Just Bait, I mean, that was a surreal experience because I just woke up, refreshed my phone, and it had gone up about 16 followers, which in my from my previous time on Instagram, that was like a year's worth. So I thought, hang on, there's something weird going on here. I think I refreshed again just to make sure and it had gone up 30, another 32. And I thought, nah, this is weird. And just out of chance, I went to check I'm Just Bait and I saw it on there. And I just saw how, how much people were enjoying it and all the likes and the comments and just real signs that maybe the writing is good. And I thought, okay, so if I do, if I do this, for t- if I did two of these a week for a year, I wonder what would happen. And that's where, and that's, that's the story. The story was, what if I do this twice a week for a year and I see what happens and, you know, here we are. So I'm glad I did try. Yeah, man, of course. I mean, look, are you, it sounds like you cut your teeth kind of getting your jokes, you know, as sharp as ever on, on the TV circuit as a producer. And then you could take that out. And, and in a way you You're kind right. of were testing your content via these other presenters and, and you could see how well they came off and crack on from there. So yeah, nothing wrong right. at all, mate. And you know what, as I said about, you know, gratitude is very important. And at the time when I was doing those jokes on TV, I don't think I probably felt very grateful. But now that experience is invaluable to have sort of, you know, to have worked in TV and to understand how it works behind the camera and to understand how you make good jokes or jokes that people appeal to lots of people. I'm so grateful for it now. So any any kind of taking for granted I had back then, I've kind of removed that out of my mind. And now I'm just like, it happened exactly the way it needed to. Yeah, man. That's cool. That's really good to hear. Um, you used to have a podcast called Mixed Opinions. Um, mm. it's, it's, not, it's not around anymore. You pulled it down um, when I went on online. How are, you, how are you with the podcast game at the moment? The long form audio content? Be honest, you don't have to be nice about it because you're on a podcast now, right, Monyo? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love podcasts. Podcasts are great. I listen, I'm listening Mar- to one as we talk now, Marcus. <laughs> Marcus has got some virtual pliers around my balls right now, depending on what I say. <laughs> I... Podcasts obviously are fantastic. You know, you look at someone like uh, Joe Marcus Rogan. Bronzy, How to Kill an Hour. Award-nominated show. Bronzy. I'm just going to cut in and just throw that out there. We're award-nominated. Best interview podcast to 2020 British Podcast Awards. Thank you very much. Cheers. Marcus Bronzy is Joe Rogan with hair. If that's not been said already, it needs to be said. There we go. So you look at someone like Joe Rogan. Uh, you know, my, my whole comedy inspiration comes from a podcast, The Bugle Podcast, which is still in existence, not in its original form, but John Oliver, Andy Zaltzman, the absolute goats, that anyone who has my, my inspiration, that's them and that's their podcast. So you can get a lot from podcasts. My Mixed Opinions podcast, which was about growing up mixed race in Britain, uh, I actually took, I sort of stopped doing that and took my foot off the gas because when you have a, an audience who have come with no knowledge of how of you doing that, it would have been quite strange for them to listen to this series of podcasts where I'm being really serious and kind of deep 
and to promote that and be like, guys, this is something I was doing all along, but go and listen to it now. The, the, the directing traffic that way would have been a bit tricky, I think. And so if I am going to do a podcast now, which is the, is the plan, it will be more to do with the space I'm in. So Instagram comics, online comics, that's, that's, that's what we've got in the works at the moment. Nice, nice, nice stuff. But you have to be funny to be, you have to be funny to be on it, Marcus. So, um, (laughs) I'm joking. You can be on it. You'll be the first guest. No rebuttal for that. No rebuttal for that at all. (laughs) That's cut deep. I can see. Cue sad music. (laughs) Yeah, no, if you want to cue sad music, cue it when they tell me that they didn't send me Streets of Rage. That's when you cue it. (laughs) Uh, What else have you got planned for the future that you can tell us about then, Munya? So, the posh, the, the most notorious character I do, which is this posh drill rapper, Unknown P. Perhaps you've seen uh, his fire in the booth. He's sort of worked his way over to America. Americans are very confused at the moment. The people are all saying, oh, you know, it'd be great to have more than one minute tunes. So we are working on an EP with some proper artists on there, some proper full length tracks. So yeah, I imagine after lockdown, when we're able to sort of rub shoulders again, that will happen uh developing some stuff for tv as always and yeah i think as soon as lockdown ends we can really get our teeth stuck into a lot more youtube series hopefully a tv series and hopefully an ep as well just all 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 kind of difficult to do over zoom you know yeah tv is a funny old game at the moment like a lot of people that have had things in the go or green lighted and were ready to film at the end of March had to kind of stop and i think even though there is still tv content coming out there and channels look like they're reacting they're still quite rattled, aren't they, at this situation? Mm. Is there anything you're gutted? Is there any series that you're gutted you now know you won't be able to see for a good six to eight months? Do you know what? I'm, I'm not as much of a fan of it as I was, and it's still going on, but it's not the same wrestling, man. Wrestling, wrestling. with no audience is just... I'm, a, I'm under no illusion, right, that <laughs> wrestling... Is, is 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 not real right okay now not, now more than ever though now, now more, more than, than ever because it's hd and you can see the punches miss but to take away the audience of like americans that are just hyped up on bud light yeah <laughs> those giant foam hands yeah yeah without that it's just it's just not the same it's just weird man like and weird. any kind of spectator sport any like even football as well football has no atmosphere i would not be upset if they would add sound effects in when they're playing any kind of sport with like, if somebody, I don't know if it's like a wrestling match, if they put like a, Ooh, or ah, or yeah, if someone cracked a joke, I'm totally up for that because it's just lost all essence. I'm also a bit of a Trekkie nerd and uh, they've announced a brand new Star Trek series, but they won't be able to shoot that until lockdown's over. So it means I won't be able to see it for a little while. Man. Wrestling's a crazy one, bro, because I don't know about you, but I grew up watching that. And in Zimbabwe, for some reason, you'd have to pay for every single channel except wrestling and i don't think they realized that they were meant to be paid for view because they just zimbabwe, zimbabwe tv would just put wrestlemania on at like 10 o'clock in the morning and be like here you go watch that so as a kid who loved wrestling this was these were the best times man and let me tell you something those punches and those elbow drops and those those sweet chin music they used to connect more time now it's like they're doing wwe in a british school playground where it's safety safety um what's it called health and safety crazy yeah you know, i've seen somebody You'll see people flying out the ropes after a guy like flicks them on the forehead. It's just not the same. They don't make it like they used to, Marcus. I'll tell you that now. 
Now, the attitude era of WWF slash WWE was where it was at. You see, like, Stone Cold Stone Aust- uh, Steve Austin would, like, walk into a supermarket with another wrestler there and just, like, throw him into a trolley, smash eggs yeah. over his face, pour yeah. beer on him and be like, how's that for a cake? Do you know what I mean? I Obviously. love that sort of stuff, man. Love Those that sort days, of stuff. Man. Anyone who says wrestling is fake is correct, but it didn't used to be as fake. It used to be the fact that there used to be a debate about it, whereas now people are like, yeah, it's fake. Tells you yeah, the man. difference in the in the quality. In the yeah, quality. do you know how I see wrestling? I'm like, you've got EastEnders or Hollyoaks. I've got WWE. That's how it works oh, for me. Do you know what I mean? That's that's my so good, man. that's my soap. Um, so you know, like you've mentioned it a few times, you're from South Africa. Uh, how, well, what's it like? Thinking like, what, what first thing I want to ask you is, what's the response back like back home? From- you know, they so you know the so the Zimbabweans who kind of I grew up around, they kind of. Um, I sometimes get messages from the people I went to school with just saying, wow, like they come up as being crazy, but in school you was kind of always, you know, you're always kind of like a, a bit of a hyperactive weirdo anyway. So it makes sense. But yeah, it's been really lovely seeing Zim, you know, Z- the Zimbabwean community get behind me because a, I didn't really know there was one on Instagram or social media per se. And B, you know, they didn't have to, and there's no reason for the, for them to, but to see a nation that sort of champions their own, it's actually really touching and, and it's something I'm really grateful for when you consider how sometimes in more Western cultures like USA or England, there's this whole thing of when someone begins to do well, that's when the hate starts, which is, which is very, very strange. In Zimbabwe, mm. uh, you know, I'm not a celebrity and I'm not sure what it would be like to be a celebrity there, but from the very small fraction of it I have, the reaction from Zimbabweans has been to just embrace me and to sort of elevate and champion me, which which I'm so grateful for. Uh, and it yeah. just made me want to go back when the time's right, you know? Yeah, I hear that, man. I hear that. And because uh, a lot of people are aware that you're a, a UK uh, in the UK right now, but they're not aware that, you know, Zimbabwean background. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's good that you kind of bring that to the forefront and make people aware of that. I think so. I think Munya Chihuahua is not necessarily the most British name. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> the most British name around. So people yeah. get a bit, that you know, um, for some people, their sort of um, racist, racist spider sense starts tingling. But for the majority of people, they're like, oh, this guy's from Zimbabwe. That's cool. I don't know much about it. So sort of being able to, at any time I put in a little Zimbabwean joke, it's always really cool to see the people who pick up a bit in the comments because then you go, oh, right. So I have got Zimbabweans following me. Oh, that's nice, man. That's nice. That's mm. nice. Oh man, well you know what, bro? Thank you very much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate you coming and talking about everything that you've got going on. Pleasure, um, man. Pleasure. How you like to kill time, your kit, uh, and yeah, man. I just wish you all the best in the future, man. I, I love your trajectory, uh, and like you're someone who's out there, and I feel like the content you put out there truly comes from a good place, man. There's a lot of oh, content out you, there Thank which you. tries to reach for a laugh, and sometimes it's a little bit. But I feel like you're you're having good fun with it, man. So yeah, man. Thank you. You continue doing that. Yeah, and dude, look, I want to just say for everyone listening as well, who I'm sure already tell you this, you know, it's been really, really nice being a guest on the podcast, you know, just seeing the research you've done and stuff and just the style of interviewing. Like I said, I've worked in TV, so I know what it's like to be on both sides. Like, done a great job, bro, and I'm going to make sure I become a regular listener. Cheers, man, because we're going to chat shit about you in the next episode, so. (laughs) Yes, come on. (laughs) You wait till that Streets of Rage comes through, mate, and you take an absolute battering, then we'll see. All right, let's. Oh, you're the guy that will beat me up, even though we're on the same team. Yeah, oh, come I'm on. the guy. You'll be fighting the boss, and you're going to get a steel pipe to the back of your head from me. Oh, Jesus Christ! All right, yeah, cool, fair enough. Oh, <laughs> I hate paying people like that. What you got on with the rest of your day, anyway? Before we let you go, 
uh, rest of the day. Let's just say I'm preparing for a very important date and it will make sense. It will make when this comes out, it will make sense. Okay. All right. Very, very interesting. <laughs> and where should we look for you online, Munya? Okay. So it's a bit of a myth already. Look, my socials are Munya Chihuahua. So what I'd advise you do is just type in M U N Y A. C-H-A-W-A-W-A. And if not, just go into YouTube and type in Posh Drill Rapper and go from there. Nice, nice. There we go. Uh, we're at How to Kill an Hour on all social medias. Uh, I'm Marcus Bronzy, M-A-R-C-U-S-B-R-O-N-Z-Y on all social medias as well. Thank you for killing some time with us. Uh, we'll be back to kill some time with you real soon. In the meantime, stay blessed. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.